Welcome to the Sharkpreneur Podcast with Kevin Harrington and Seth Green. Kevin Harrington is the inventor of the infomercial, one of the original sharks from the hit TV show Shark Tank, and has generated over $5 billion in TV and digital direct response sales. Seth Green is the world's first trusted authority on cutting-edge direct response marketing, a best-selling author, and the only three-time Marketer of the Year nominee. On the podcast, Kevin and Seth interview sharkpreneurs who share straight talk on what it takes to explode your business. Do you want to become insanely successful? Do you want to be the go-to guru in your industry? Do you want to be talked about for all the right reasons? For over 40 years, Kevin Harrington has helped people just like you become significant influencers. Now he's broken the process down in the key person of influence roadmap, and it's yours for free. Just text KPI to him at 727-888-2100. Text KPI to 727-888-2100 right now and claim your free step-by-step guide. Text KPI to 727-888-2100 to get the recognition you deserve and experience the success as the go-to voice everyone listens to in your industry today. Welcome to the Sharkpreneur Podcast. This is Seth Green. Today, we're joined by Brian Bradley of btblegal.com. Brian was selected to the Lawyers of Distinction list three years in a row, 2018, 19, and 20. Super Lawyers Rising Star list, nominated to America's Top 100 High Stakes Litigators list, nominated the 2017 Law Firm 500 Award, and many, many other accolades. Brian, thanks so much for joining us. Hey, no, thanks, Seth, for having me on and putting the podcast together. And I really think this is a big topic, but necessary for, you know, your current and future sharks that you're talking to. And I hope that these key concepts that we're going to talk about today help clear things up. Awesome. So let's go back in time a little bit. Why did you become an asset protection attorney? Yeah, I um, spent most of my career, about a good solid six years of it, exclusively as a trial and litigation attorney. And I just saw so many people coming in through the doors after the fact being sued and their lives turned completely upside down, um, thinking they were protected, but they weren't. You know, a lot of them had insurance, but then the insurance wasn't there for them when they needed it. Uh, Or they had a revocable living trust, thinking that a trust is a trust and that the revocable living trust would take care of them, which they're not there designed to do. And they were just shell-shocked. And eventually, I just got tired of seeing a very litigious society preying upon, you know, investors or business professionals. But most people don't take it into account beforehand. And so I decided to start helping clients be proactive and added that portion into my business and just started affiliating with the top asset protection firms in the nation. And it just sort of took off from there to help clients avoid court or avoid these really stressful financial situations beforehand. Awesome. So let's talk about that. Who are the types of clients that you're working with? So from my firm specifically, we're working with higher net um, worth clients, typically those that hit that million dollar net worth uh, mark or more. And so it's going to come with a higher startup cost, generally around $30,000 to set up what we're doing. But their visibility is more, their needs more, um, what they're doing is more, there's more moving parts. So don't scare away you know, your small startups or your uh, you know, entry-level investors. Like You still need to do something and we'll break some of those things down to do. Something's better than nothing, but our firm's focus is on the higher net worth individuals. Awesome. And then what are some of the biggest mistakes you're finding that they're making that you're seeing? I find that there, a lot of people are just not budgeting for this beforehand and they think, I'm just going to take care of the asset protection part of it later on when I need it, which means once I get sued. And that's where you need to tap the brakes and realize that's when it's too late because there's things called fraudulent transfers. You can't hinder or delay you know, legitimate 
claims. Um, but courts are perfectly fine with you doing advanced estate planning, which is what this is, setting up these systems and corporations and trusts before you need them. That's what preventative planning is all about. And the courts are perfectly fine. So they're either being penny wise, I call dollar stupid. You know, I think this, the, the saying goes is, I just don't want to spend the money until I need to. And then you're spending 75 cents on the dollar versus five cents on the dollar for preventative planning, or they just don't budget it and think I'll get to it when I need it. And it's just too late. Sure. That makes a lot of sense, obviously. An ounce of prevention is better than a pound of cure. So what are, is a lawsuit the only, what are the other reasons, if any, why as a business owner, I would know that I need you uh, before I get sued? Yeah. So one, you're going to have a lot of negligence as you go through a business and not even just negligence, but other, you know, breach of contracts, vendor disputes, slips and falls, contract. I mean, there's so many different ways as a business owner that you're going to potentially get sued. And it's not going to be a matter of if, but just when. You know, sexual harassment claims, or if you have, if you're sending someone out to drive a car and that person happened to T-bone somebody and kill the person, now you're looking at a wrongful death claim for a lawsuit. I mean, there's a lot of things of the piece of the pie that you just don't think about limiting the liability and risk from that you need to take into consideration when you're a business owner owner or when you're an investor and the more preventative you are and the more you manage that risk you're going to settle these claims either before they even get filed really really cheap pennies on the dollar or you at least put yourself in a stronger position to negotiate them without having to go through a very very expensive trial and potential large jury um, damage awards that makes a lot of sense what without revealing any names because obviously your client information is confidentiality can you talk us through some recent clients mr and mrs jones you know what they came to you for how you're able to help them kind of that transformation that occurs yeah so generally you know we'll get hopefully the call comes in before they're being sued and just saying hey I have, you know, a million dollars or whatever of investments plus my house. I'm a doctor or I'm a business owner. They generally have either been already sued and are afraid of the next lawsuit or they know someone who's been sued and it kind of shell shocked them or they're just being proactive and heard about this and realize I just have too much risk. So that's the people that you want to call. That's when you want them to call when nothing's coming in. Um, sometimes you get the guys and girls that, you know, business owners that call in after the fact, it's just going to be more expensive. But the way it will play out is, we've had, for example, a doctor who had a $3 million malpractice judgment against him. And that was fully resolved because, and let me explain for your non-doctor listeners, generally the malpractice that they carry is no more than about a million dollars. And so when you have a $3 million judgment against you, you have two more million dollars above the policy claim amount. And generally, you're not even going to get a full coverage on that. So that means that you're now personally liable. And so this doctor was a surgeon, did something bad, not something bad, but just was, you know, got sued for negligence um, during surgery. The patient died, you know, $3 million judgment against them. That claim got fully resolved um, because of the asset protection system that we went in, that we set up for them. Um, it just put them what in does a fully sp- resolved mean? Um, that he ended up not having to pay about anything above the policy coverage amount. Awesome. So, so you made yeah, the $2 million so go away. When it made the $2 million go away and they just took the money that the insurance was going to pay for. That. And then another really big one was a 34, so I'm going to say it again, $34 million malpractice suit that settled for $1 million, which is within that you know, policy claim. And then for business owners, we had, you know, a $75 million personal loan suit that settled for $5 million with payments spaced out over, I think it was like 10 years, all because we create these systems beforehand. And for these clients, we're using really, really strong offshore and domestic asset protection trusts where these, you know, like some of these cases we just described, these are awarded judgments. 
they just couldn't exercise on them. So you're forcing the other party suing you to come back to the negotiating table and take scraps. Well, that sounds good from our standpoint. So you talked about people thinking that they would have a revocable living trust and then that would be there for them and that's not what they're designed for. What, does a, what is a revocable living trust? What are they designed to do? And what's the difference between the asset protection trust that you just mentioned? Yeah, so a revocable living trust, I think most people will be familiar with it. It's essentially like a will. It's just a, once you die, it's going to tell who your assets go to, your beneficiaries, the people you name. I have my house. I want my wife or my daughter or my son or my grandkids, whoever, to get my house, my car. Um, and then you're going to get in medical directives of what to do with me while I'm at a hospital, um, when to resuscitate me or not. And then you're going to go get some good benefits of bypassing the courts, not going through probates. Um, and it's going to give you a little bit more tax leniency. That's it. And the tax leniency is really irrelevant now because of the um, death tax increases. I think now we're married couples. We're talking about 25 million until it even comes into effect. So that's less than that 0.01 percenters of everybody in the world. And there's no teeth that are written in to protect you from creditors in a revocable living trust. It's just there for taxes and you know um, identifying who to give something to. Now, asset protection trusts are completely different. They're they work in conjunction with your revocable living trust. So you're gonna have your revocable living trust, name who you want and what to go to. Your assets are gonna be owned in an asset protection trust. And these are gonna have creditor protection and you can set them up two different ways. You can either set them up domestically here in the US in 17 different states, or you can set them up offshore in like the Cook Islands. And there's pros and cons to both. And so I think we just break down, you know, the pros and cons, and maybe we can figure out a way to combine the two together. It really comes down to jurisdiction. And what this means is like the rules and laws that govern you are going to be different from state to state, county by county, country by country. And so I prefer using the strongest jurisdictions that we can just because of the nature of my clientele. Um, and so we use Cook Islands Offshore Trust. And that's just because they have what's called statutory non-recognition. It's just they literally do not recognize and honor other countries' um, judgment orders. You have to actually sue that person in the Cook Islands within a one-year statute of limitations, prove a case beyond a reasonable doubt, so the murder standard. person suing you has to front the cost of the entire case up front, fly in a judge from New Zealand. You can't take your U.S. attorneys over there. They don't use contingency fee lawyers. And if you lose, you pay. And so when you got to pay, you know, prove a case beyond a reasonable doubt in civil law, you're most likely going to lose. And you see these have been around for 40, over 40 years. So they're very, very strong. The weakness of them, I would say really the weakness of it is just the cost to be purely offshore. It's expensive. Um, and you have to do a lot of IRS tax filings and disclosures that most people don't want to have. And so the other option is you can have them domestically. They're going to be more cost efficient, but they're not going to be as effective as something offshore because you have the constitution, full faith and credit clause. So you can't run from a judgment. Um, you can't go state by state and try to hide assets. And it's not about hiding assets. And then domestically, you only have 17 states you can set them up in. And if you're not a resident of one of those states, for example, you're a California resident and you're trying to go to Nevada to get a Nevada Asset Protection Trust, we have case law now in Kilker versus Steelman not adhering to and piercing a Nevada out-of-state asset protection trust because they're not residents of Nevada. And so the benefit of them both is we can combine them for a best of both worlds situation, um, which is called a bridge trust, is created about 30 years ago. And this is your best of both worlds because you get the flexibility and the cost efficiency of being domestic. 
And then if you need to go offshore, we already have a built-in offshore component of the trust with an offshore trustee already there. We use migration clauses, which means once you get sued and you're under attack, the triggers automatically are imploded and the assets trigger automatically to the power and strength of the Cook Islands with the offshore Cook Island trustee. And then the cases are protected. The assets are protected, I should say. When the case resolves and then you settle the claim, we move the assets back domestically. And so it's a benefit of both worlds. That sounds absolutely incredibly sophisticated. What do you like best about what you do? I like helping people protect their retirements and their assets. You know, like I'm an investor myself. I love investing like stocks, notes, real estate, and all of that. And I don't want to see all my hard work just go uh, to the wayside because somebody decided to prey upon me or I got a really high damage claim against me and it wipes me out. Um, and I really like helping the people who hit that 500 to 1 million net worth mark, or I say like 500,000 to 1 million net worth mark, because it takes most people a lifetime to make that kind of money. And one lawsuit can completely wipe them out, but most people don't take the time to protect it. And so these are the people that are at the most risk. And I like to see protected the most because they're generally around age 55, you know, we're doc not doctors, but like nurses, firefighters or cops or teachers who just did really good job investing on their own. And now they're, they're retiring and one bad mistake from an investment property completely wiped them out. Sure. You've worked with a lot of clients over the years. What's the best advice you've ever gotten? Um, just don't be afraid to fail. My thing is uh, I, for, for me to grow and for me to evolve, so many people can just get stuck in analysis paralysis or you know, not jump in. And so me personally, the best advice I ever got was don't be afraid to stick your neck out. Awesome. And for our listeners and watchers who want to learn more about what you do and how they can protect their assets, what is the best place for them to go to find you? Yeah, they can jump on my website, www.btblegal.com. And we have tons of information and educational videos and brochures and pamphlets just to walk them through all the different options that they have available to them. And then we do free consultations. I'd rather just have people call in and tell me what you have, tell me what your concerns are, your business, and give you the information that you need and different skills and levels to make an educated decision. Because I find a lot of people are hesitant to call lawyers because they're afraid of paying consultation fees. And I want to shop around and talk to five different lawyers and figure out what works for me, but they're afraid to call. I just take that off the table and say, I'd rather have you educated. Whether you go with somebody else, I really don't care. Um, I just want you to make an educated decision. Awesome. We greatly appreciate that. We'll put that link in the show notes. Uh, this has been Seth Green here with Brian Bradley of btblegal.com. Brian, thanks so much for joining us. Hey, thanks, Seth. Thanks, everybody, for watching and listening. We'll talk to you next time. This show has been produced by Market Domination, LLC. To discover how you can have your own show completely done for you and turn it into a real published book and become the authority in your marketplace, go to www.marketdominationllc.com slash podcast offer. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. Thank <laughs> you.